hockey. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. It's not just any Judd's Hockey Show. It is the Score North Judd's Hockey Show mega season preview. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you now see what. Oh, my God. Look at all these people. Oh, my God. It's a roundtable. A roundtable is broken out. It is. Uh, from right to left, Jesse Pierce, of course, of Bar Down Beauty's fame and also covers the Wild and is around the team constantly for NHL.com. It is A.J. Fredrickson who will join me uh, midweek, at times at least, for some Judd's hockey shows, especially post game. And then the guy on the other side, of course, Declan Goff, uh, who produces and um, co-hosts Judd's hockey show and, of course, the host, me, the old guy, sports dad, <laughs> the guy who spends way too much time at the rink and uh, has been disappointed by this team so many times. I, uh, I feel like, uh, Judd, I, I remember when they would put Brent Burns at forward occasionally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm graduating from the defense to the flick. I'm that awkward flipper between defense and am I playing wing occasionally? I think Kalen Addison's even done that a few times, too. He has. He yeah. has. But but here's But here's the weird thing. AJ looks far more like Brent Burns' current day. <laughs> you look like Brent Burns did when I covered him in 2004, I think it was. Just a young, although he didn't have, he didn't even have the stash back then no. like you do now. No. Um, and again, as I told you at the Twins game on uh, on Tuesday, my wife caught, Dawn caught just a glimpse of of one of our shows and said, what's that disgusting porn stash thing on Declan's <laughs> upper lip? And I said, it's because he wants the twins to win. I think that's fair. Could that's... be gone. Could be gone within 12 hours from now. Just, yeah. Jess, your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I, I don't like mind the his... little caterpillar. I don't mind it. I think it's, I, you know what, but I'm not the one that has to like look at it daily. I always refer to yeah. the fiancés and wives for she that judgment. It. Yeah, exactly. She like, hates it. But I also like bearded men too. Like I'm very, I was told that's a very Minnesotan thing by like my New York friends. They're like, why do you like men that look like lumberjacks? I'm like, I don't know. That's because that's what we have here. And Paul Bunyan. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. It is season preview time. Um, the, the season got underway on Tuesday night with a triple header, including Connor Bedard's Blackhawks beating the Penguins in Pittsburgh. The Wild will start against the Florida Panthers on Thursday at the X. And so without Further ado, I'm going to go through some roundtable questions. Um, Jesse, we'll start with you on this one and then work our way through the room. Uh, But let's start with this one. Who do you think is poised to have a breakout season for this team? Who do you look at? And and you have an advantage on all three of us because you saw a ton of training camp practices. Um, Is there somebody that you think is poised for a breakout season? Uh, I'm not going to say Marco Rossi. I'm not going to say Matt Boldy. I am going to say Brock Favor, which also might be another easy one. He is going to have a breakout season. Watching him in that final preseason game against Dallas, we all know what Jonas Brodeen brings to a pair, right? He's a guy that can easily get back. He covers up mistakes. He'd been doing it for years with Matt Dumba, and that's what makes him such a great pair with Brock Favor, right? Because he's a young guy who's going to cover up those mistakes. However, I watched Brock cover up a couple Brodeen mistakes, right? I saw Brock get back and help him out. And I think that speaks volumes to what he's going to do. I mean, I think he's going to draw a lot of attention. No doubt about it. Him and Brodeen are going to be that top defensive pair. But I think a lot of that's going to become uh, Brock's line as well. It's not just going to be Brodes. Brock Faber is going to have a breakout year that will show that he's more than just, you know, 
a quiet sit at home defenseman. He's going to offensively produce as well. Do you think that bro that um, because we, we talked to Brock after one of the preseason games at the X Jesse, and he was talking about the fact that he could take, or I think he's been encouraged to take more chances because bros is so good. Do you think that'll flip in some ways though? Do you, do you think eventually when he becomes more comfortable that Brodeen will start to take chances? Because to your point, like Dumbo could not, if Brodeen took a chance and Dumbo was the guy, it was over. Um, but I think that you're right. I think that there's a, a give and take here where if Brodeen takes a chance now, the wild defensively is not necessarily screwed because it's a different world with, uh, with Faber backing up Brodeen. It's funny that you, I asked Dean Evson exactly that at practice yesterday because watching Brock again, I've just been very impressed, continue to be impressed by what he's able to do. And Dean said he wants both of these players to jump up in the play more. He's like, it's kind of nice. It's a good ping pong situation because they have such defensive skill, both of those guys do, that there's not really a concern. So obviously Jonas Brodine is the first guy they want to see jump into the offensive play, but they want Brock to take more of those opportunities too. They want both of those guys. I mean, as Dean has talked about for the past couple of years, they want the defense to be involved. That's one good thing Alex Goligoski can bring on the defense is he's very quick up the side, right? I'll give him that but I think uh, you'll see a lot more of Jonas and Brock both jumping into the offensive play at least that's the hope according to Dean Evson as of yesterday AJ Fredrickson your thoughts on the same exact question I'm gonna go kind of with a surprise here not one of these young guns that haven't really proven themselves but a guy that proved himself rescinded and now he's gonna break out once again a grizzled 32 year old vet Marcus Foligno he had his worst offensive season since 2018 last year um, the year prior that he led the league in shooting percentage, 23 and a half, which is just un- unfathomable. You're not going to repeat that, but he had 23 goals, 19 assists two years ago that jumped back. And I know he missed some time last year to seven goals and 14 assists. I think he's going to kind of meet in the middle. He's going to break out from that slump, so to speak, and probably become a little more of that offensive minded guy that he was two years ago. Um, just because now you have Pat Maroon to kind of take that, you know, he, not that Mark Safflino is going to give up the uh, physical leader role, so to speak, but Pat Maroon was brought in with a certain role. He like he he plays a certain character. You know, he, he's the typecast guy where Rob Schneider knows his role in every single Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> Patrick Maroon knows his role coming into this wild squad, so that's going to allow um, Marcus Foligno to kind of sh- you know shed shed that cape a little bit and go back to being that net front net front presence. And he's shown that he can't find the back of the net. Um, so Marcus Foligno is going to be my breakout candidate for this upcoming season. All right. Dex? For me, I am going to go with someone that Jesse will pull her hair out over. Uh, Marco Rossi. Rossi. I will do the Rossi. I will do it because I can, I can. Oh, you're going to do house. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I think Marco Rossi finally lives up to his potential here. And maybe his potential is not the full ceiling that was projected of him when he was drafted in the top 10 of the draft but I think he finally lives up to being a capable, suitable NHL player that isn't just fighting for ice time, but shows that he can be a legitimate, reliable, top six type of dude. I think he'll have to graduate into that a little bit. He won't necessarily maybe be top six minutes or have a lot of minutes to start, but I do think he's looked stronger in the preseason. I think he has his confidence back, and I believe Marco Rossi finally lives up to his potential, and he finally breaks out like the top 10 pick he is supposed to be. I'm more also trying to will this into existence as well. It's, it's, it's not even the fact I'm bringing, I'm trying to bring facts and statistics. I'm also trying to will this into existence. Jess, your thoughts. 
I mean, sure. You know, he has to. Yeah, we've talked about it. It's he's got to do it. He's otherwise out of here. I'm fine with it. Just do something. Poke. It's like that meme where you're yeah, poking poke, it. You yeah, on. just come on, it's going. <laughs> yeah. But I, I agree. I mean, Dex, he has to. It's got to be. Let's will it in. Let's see what what he can do. I'm gonna go with a guy because. Uh, I th- I'm going to go instead with a guy that I think Dean is going to gravitate towards playing more and more. He already likes him. Um, and it might not result in a ton of goals, but I think in Dean's world, this guy's going to become just a staple of the Dean Everson team. I'm going to go with Dewey, Brandon Duhame. Mm. And, okay. and like, but I, he, so, so he played in 51 games, scored nine goals and had 10 points. Um, I think if he gets between 15 and 20 goals, that's a pretty damn good year. But when I watch him play, I just see Dean gushing. I see Dean saying to himself, this is what I want on my team. This is, this is like a Felino replacement type of guy. You know, this is a guy, this is a guy that I can move up in my lines because I can trust him. So I'm actually going to default from not a player who I think is great. I do think he's solid, but I don't think he's great. But Dean is so partial to some players. And once he gets there, they really don't move unless they screw up left and right, which I don't think Brandon will. So I'm going to go Brandon Duhame for my breakout player in large part because the coach just loves guys named Brandon Duhame. <laughs> Rossi or Rossi, not so much. It's like he's a flashy player. I don't like when I played for the Whalers and wore my Cooperalls, I wasn't flashy. <laughs> I worked my ass off. And that's all I want to do. I, Okay, uh, we'll start with you on this one. Conversely, who are you concerned about? Who do you think will disappoint, uh, take a step back, or, or I guess in fairness, not progress? Uh, I think you put this on a T for me for a reason, Judd. This one's that. so easy for me. I would never do that. Ryan Hartman. I, I, do, I have not liked this from the start. He gets another <laughs> big contract. He is benefiting from playing with one of the best players in the NHL and another really good playmaker in Matt Zuccarello, and he's reaping the rewards. And last year, he wasn't awful. He wasn't awful. He he was still fine, even though he missed some time with injury. He wasn't terrible. But I think we're going to see it rear its ugly head. I think the one campaign where we saw him light up the league and become basically a 30-goal scorer overnight, that was a mirage. I don't see that happening again. I think Ryan Hartman figures out his role of who he used to be, which is a very fine, capable, bottom six type of dude. But I don't think he lives up to playing number one center minutes, and I believe he will be the most disappointing wild player in 2023. Age? This guy, I want to specify that he will never disappoint me because I believe in him. (laughs) But I think that with Matt Dumba no longer being in the equation, the defensive angst of a lot of fans and just the style of play that Dean wants and the physicality that Dean wants, it's setting up for Kalen Addison to disappoint a lot of people. I just, I I think being a 23 year old guy who hasn't really gotten that consistent backing by a coaching staff um, mixed with now, we know he's not the best defensively. We know what he brings to the power play unit and being that quarterback guy, but I just feel like things are going to kind of mount up. Dean's going to see some struggling and he's going to, Oh, I'm, I'm Dean. I have to shift the lines and I can't have you out there at certain times. And I, you know, I got to play my veteran. goligoski has got to be out there over you. Get up in the, you know, in the, in the press box. I I'm just nervous that what he he's in other teams. I feel like if he was given a chance and set up in the right way, 
he would be just fine and it wouldn't be a liability. But I, I just think given his size and his lack of defensive capabilities, yeah. it's just setting up for a, the inevitable disappointment for the coaching staff and probably a lot of the fan base as they turn that, that flashlight to, okay, who's my next victim to hound on for the entire season? <laughs> Fair enough, Jesse. Poor Kalen. Uh, I mean, okay, I don't, I'm going to say this. I don't want this to happen. But I also look at all the young guys. They're going to break out. They're going to do something. You can't regress. You know who can regress? Old people. Look at us. We are prime examples of that. You know who's old <laughs> oh, on this team? Old Matt Zuccarello. Now, I will give <laughs> Minnesota Wild credit. They have squeezed everything out of him. 67 points last year alone, 79 the year before. Uh, big assister to Kirill Kaprizov. Naturally, he's another player benefiting from playing with Kirill. But old man time's going to catch up with him. And this year, I just don't know that he's going to be able to piece together a full season. Therefore, it's going to be a regression because he won't be able to play because he's old. Is there anyone who this phrase, because I, I don't disagree with you at, at all. Is there anyone who this phrase literally applies to? Matt Zuccarello might be in life the ultimate wingman. <laughs> Like, this yeah. is a guy who, before yeah. Kirill, I think we were all like, what? Paul Fenton, what were you doing? And that yeah. first year, and I know his arm was still hurt, but that first year, we're all like, this is a, ter-. and he was, and he's sort of a surly dude. And, and then he attaches himself to Kirill, which is the ultimate, like you, like you talk about the ultimate high school relationship, right? <laughs> like you attach yourself to the cool group. That's what Zookie did. Mm-hmm. He's like, what can I do that's going to get me in here? Well, well let, <laughs> look, let me look around the room. Loser, loser, loser. <laughs> Kuro Kaprizov! So I don't disagree with you one uh, bit. I don't disagree with you. Okay, I'm going to go to... So so Duhame's my guy to break out because he's younger and I think Dean loves him. Um, and this is, does not mean, just to be very clear, what I'm about to suggest next does not indicate a reduced ice time workload, but the statistics are going to drop off. Come on down, Freddie Everson. Frederick <laughs> Goudreau, who, who works his ass off. So this is not a work problem at all. Um, he had a career high, 19 goals. He had He's had back-to-back years of 44 and 38 points. Um, but before that, he was basically a guy that bounced around the minor leagues. He played um, in 2020, 21, just as an example, he played 19 games in the national hockey league as a penguin and had 10 points. Um, I think the numbers are going to come down. Now, what does that mean for his ice time? I got no clue because Dean loves him and I think he can still play an important role, but like, you know, Dex talks about shooting regression and all of those things. And he's ordinarily right about that. Um, do I see Freddie Goudreau is scoring 20 goals again or being uh, basically elite in shootouts? Doesn't, I don't know about that. So I think Freddie Goudreau regresses, um, will be disappointed. The coach will probably not be. I wish too he fair? was just a shootout all the time because Frederick Goudreau <laughs> is like the Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky him? level. Of you see shootout. him against Chicago in the preseason game when he lost the puck completely and never got oh, a shot boy. off? You th- so you even you even think this is a flash in the pan? Cinderella you think the shootouts are, are a flash in the pan. It's time to turn <laughs> that. You know what it off. is? Time to give that slipper up, baby. It's just <laughs> like Case Keenum coming for the slipper. Oh boy! All right. What are you most confident about when it comes to this team as a whole, Jesse Pierce? From watching all those practices, all that time that you spend at the rink, what are you most confident about when it comes to this team? 
I'm most confident the fans are going to be excited because they're certainly showing up at all. No, I'm just kidding. I know that will be. You're going to be. Hockey, you're, Jesse. It's state of hockey. FYI. There's a the retired, you know, number one in the world. Oh, God, um, bring it down. Get it Judd, you're going to be shocked at this. I am most confident in, are you ready? The goaltending. Bum, bum, bum. The area you? that I am constantly harping on, that I am never satisfied with. I will still be critical. I am still am going to have my questions. I just think not only did this tandem perform so well last year, I think it's going to be even better this year. I think Philip Gustafson still has that very calm credo about him. Marc-Andre Fleury is still freaking Marc-Andre Fleury, but he's just not going to play as much, and I think he's okay with that. Um, I think in general, together, they're going to be great. Barring any huge injuries, that's obviously going to be a blow. Heading into the year, I'm excited. I am very excited for the bullies because they have such different styles, yet play the same way all at once. Not to mention, you've got a solid D in front of them. But goalies, most confident. Let's go. That was a lot. I'm even weird when I said it out loud myself. I know. I know. I was was thinking about this. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm all in on it. You're playing against character right now. (laughs) AJ Fredrickson, what are you most confident about? So last season, the Wild were like bang average when it came to the power play. The odd man unit. They uh, had 21.43 success. They were like 10, 10 points above what the league average was. I'm most confident that they climb into a top 10 power play unit by the end of the season. And this solely hinges on Kaelin Addison staying in the lineup, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first few preseason games I watched, I caught a couple of the power play units, and they were dreadful. Just absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Just sluggish, but it all turned around the other night because I saw one of the most chaotic and fun and lively power places like sequences that I've seen from this team in possibly three years. And I'm hinging it all on that minute 30 or so. So um, I, I think when it comes game time, they've had all off season and I'm sure behind closed doors, they've addressed the issue of, Hey, we have to capitalize more on the power play given the talent that we now have. At the top, you can't have a guy like Kirill Kaprizov on your power play unit and not be converting more. You know, that's like Ovi sitting on the bench for the Capitals. He's not going to do it. We're going to have Kirill do it. Sit in his kitchen, which is kind of the, the opposite side and a little lower. Just be down there, feed the puck. Boom, boom, boom. I, I'm confident they climb up to a top 10 power play team. So the, the first two power play attempts, um, and I think they were 0 for 6 against the Blackhawks in, in the game Bedard played in uh, in Chicago. The first two power plays, Age is right. Like it looked really good. They they did not score, but they were they were definitely doing some things that they hadn't done last season. Like the last four were terrible. But Jesse, it does look like the power play, um, which uh, you know. So what the assistant coach who was in charge of the power play is now in Iowa. They've got the guy from the Canucks who came in. It does look like the power play is attempting different things, and if n- nothing else, it looks like there's more puck movement at a not chaotic pace that's the wrong word a quicker pace Do, have, have, yeah. have you seen that in the practices when they work on the power play right well and it's funny even I go back to Saturday's game too AJ and I, you're right I, I brought that up to Dean post game I said that was one of the better special teams efforts we've seen <laughs> on on both ends of it there and Dean said because they are trying to do different systematic changes obviously you're without Jared Spurgeon right now who another huge piece that's generally on that top PP unit but he's trying new things imagine that Dean is trying new things which is kind of exciting and a weird feeling I got tingles and I'm not sure how to feel about it but I do I think they they recognize and it's always easy to say that lip service that we recognize how bad it was last year 
but it was bad. I mean, that was the difference in the playoffs. That was a huge component to why they bowed out. So uh, I think Dean has been willing to try new things, give a couple different guys looks and ultimately just make it quicker. That's what made Saturday's power play so fun and so chaotic is they were moving that puck so much faster than they usually do. And more of that to come, I'm hoping this year. Dean's got that longer hair now, Jesse. That's what, that's what you're referring. I can't get used to (laughs) Dean like with that, with, with the it's not like really long but for dean it's like he's gone hippie so they're all trying new hairstyles yesterday i asked a bunch of them mark andre fleury's got the youthful kind of like side thing with like the longer flop over it Mm -hmm. and uh you've got kirill going full cut zuccarello going full cut you know what it's this calls for no bucket in warm-ups then get those buckets off yeah they're all they're all grandfathered in right i hope so i hate the bucket and warm-up who cares if a guy who cares if a guy gets cut Weird, weird situation. I don't What's even think hair? I knew that was a thing. I didn't know if that was a that's thing a rule you could find. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, that's a rule now. Welcome. So, Dex, what are you most confident about uh, this team? And But before you tell us about that, why don't you tell us about your confidence in our friends at Summit Orthopedics? That's right. My friends at Summit Orthopedics. You know, you're a guy like me, graduating to his 30s. He's knocking on the door of turning 31 here in a couple oh. months. And, uh, you know, oh. I, I, I start dealing with, with pain in my back, in my wrists, in my ankles, in my feet. Maybe Justin Jefferson and I can go get our hamstrings looked at or something, okay? We got to figure out something to do here. And you can go to Summit Orthopedics. Uh, No referrals are needed. They have 25 locations across the Twin Cities, over 150 expert physicians and physical therapists. You can learn more at summitortho.com. Go to summitortho.com. Shout out to them for sponsoring programming on Score North. The thing I'm probably the most confident in, weirdly enough, maybe if you will, is I think the young core here is very interesting. I like Matt Boldy. I like Marco Rossi. I actually am still bullish on Kalen Addison. I like uh, I like the Gus Bus, and I actually think this young core is very intriguing to watch and, and develop. Now, maybe you can make the case that Boldy's graduated from that young core, and I won't fight you on that. But at the same time, I think these younger players that have something to prove a little bit more and are guys that are trying to show that they want to build around and keep here for the long haul, I'm really interested and I'm confident in, most importantly, that they will take the next step. So that's the thing I'm probably the most confident in going into this season is, is that young group. What, what's your confidence in Dean to allow that to occur? Um, like not super high. <laughs> so mostly what happens here in these situations is injuries happen. So it, 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 it'll be an injury that forces his hand more than just ineffectiveness or inconsistency to a degree. So if injuries, unfortunately, which tend to happen, I think those are that's probably the more likely case for these guys to get more extended looks and more ice time and more opportunities. But uh, yes, Dean, let, let's let's change it up a little bit. Let's change it up a little bit and try to give these guys some time. All right, so I'm going to piggyback off that and like you try and speak something into existence. I'm most confident that Ryan Hartman will not be the first line center the entire season, and I'm not talking because he gets hurt. I'm talking because it's uh Kirill and Zuccarello when Matt's is playing well do a great job and I know that Bill says uh Bill Guerin has talked about you don't really need a center now like you did traditionally before because you know they're such good passers Kirill and Matt's are that they can get each other the puck blah 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 and I I know what he's saying but all of that being said if Marco Rossi's good like if he can play he's just going to be so much more dynamic and and that does not mean that Hartman does not have a role on this team. That does not mean that he's a bad player. 
it does mean that I think that beyond the really weird year that he had two years ago when he was phenomenal, I think he is a, uh, I just don't think he's a fit for a line that has an NHL superstar on it. So I think at some point in time, it might be the dead of winter. One night you're going to go to the X and they're going to give you the line combinations. And you're going to be like, whoa, what's this number 23 between 97 and 36? I, I'm confident that they are going to have to, to Dex's point too, about like the young guys developing. At some point in time, somebody who's more dynamic than Ryan is going to deserve that job. I think it happens this season. Maybe this argument works both sides, but and maybe we're too harsh on Ryan Hartman, but why are people so high on Ryan Hartman? That's he's a what good I old Midwestern boy. That's the biggest. Like he's a he's hard worker. I don't. People worker. forget he was a first round pick. He's a first round. That's pick. true too. Yeah, that I was a mistake, by it. the way. That 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 was a bad pick by the Blackhawks. It was. But but well, but I don't think it's. I think people like him, but, and I think Dean loves him, and I think he works his ass off. Like it's nothing personal. It's just that I think if you asked him, "Hey Ryan, come here a second. Let's go have a beer and talk about how dynamic you are. I think he would say, I'm really not a dynamic That's what player. I want. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Let's have a beer yeah. and let's talk about this. He's a blue-collar kid yes. in a white-collar situation, right? Like, he's he's that guy well that's put, like... Really right? well put. Yeah, like, that's really basically well. what it is. Like, yes. he, there he is. You know, Kirill Kaprizov is a... Again, he's a superstar. Like, he's not a star. He's not a nice player. He's a superstar player. And I'd prefer that he plays with a guy at center who who at least has that potential to make him look good. And Hartman's gonna Hartman's gonna muck it up, which is what he does. That's fine. All right. Is the Wild a playoff team in 2023-24? And if so, do they get past the first round? Dex, I think we start with you this time. Uh I will say the Wild are not a playoff team. I think their playoff streak ends this year. I think they aren't oh. a awful team. I just don't know if they will have the entire juice and horses to get them through in the playoff bowl. Um, they're kind of the classic stuck in the middle a little bit. Uh, I love Kirill Kaprizov. I think he's a superstar player. I think it only can take you so far in the Western Conference right now. So I say no. I don't believe that they are a playoff team, obviously, then therefore they wouldn't get past the first round. I I guess what about this wild team would suggest that not only can they return to the playoffs, but they can get past the first round. I, I think we've seen maybe, maybe I'm just jaded after the last three exits, but I, I just, I don't see anything that makes me say this time around, it's going to be different. So I say, no, not a playoff team this year. All right. That's one. No AJ. Uh, this, this is like the most 50, 50 question out of anything, just because I think now with the extensions for, Shifley and Hellebuck in Vancouver, not Vancouver, but Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to like, th- the conversation had to have been, we're taking this very seriously because you're both very quality players and we, we want to try to win something here. So I think they're going to elevate a little bit. I think Colorado and Dallas are still going to be the, probably the top two teams in the division. I just think there's probably too many good teams <laughs> out West for the mm-hmm. wild to get into a wild card spot. Um, Vancouver is going to take a step. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but you still have Vegas who are a powerhouse. They're going to want to defend their, their Stanley cup championship. Edmonton still has McDavid and dry until that changes. They're going to be a playoff yeah. team and they're going to lock it up. Cal- Calgary is going to be in that top three, in my opinion, but then you have the Kings in Seattle, Ooh. I think are going to be, Jesse. No. I think the Kings, the Kings in Seattle are going to be better like than what people say. I like the um, Kings. 
I Seattle, they're they're still gonna ride that like you know we're we're the newcomers and we got to do it. And I just think the Wild are gonna fall out of that and they're gonna have their classic like one month skid where it's just terrible, terrible hockey, and that's gonna come back to to bite them. So it's gonna be close, but they're barely gonna miss out. Well, you yeah. guys are wrong, and I'm right, <laughs> and that's how this is gonna go. Uh, well, no, they'll make it. That's because nothing the new cent- for us, Jesse. No, <laughs> the Central Division is still weak. Connor Bedard's not coming in and changing everything alongside Corey Perry in Chicago. They are still going to be bottom rung. Arizona's going to take the first step. I think they're going to be a fun young team to watch, but they're not going to make the playoffs. The only teams that you have that are technically not technically that will be almost guaranteed above Minnesota are Dallas and Colorado, as we've mentioned. Dallas being number one, they're a full complete team. They are so so good, and Colorado still being Colorado. The only other team that I can see maybe vying for a position above or jockeying a little bit with Minnesota is Winnipeg, and that's only because they signed those twin deals yesterday with Shifley and Hellybuck, who are who are two phenomenal players for them. But otherwise, I think Minnesota sits in that good position. Is it going to be easy? No, it's going to come down to a couple points, but I think because the central is so soft, they'll be able to get in and be in kind of that last spot, which will be the seventh or eighth in the West Calgary. Come on, AJ Calgary. No, no, they'll be better. They'll, they'll be, be better, better though. They'll, I, they'll be I, better. I, I mean, he sabotaged Sutter sabotaged him last Sutter. year. What a, what a Muppet of a man he is. huh? <laughs> Something else. He's a, he's just a short term, <laughs> you know, but I mean, he's, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I, I know Dex had said it too, and I think AJ as well. LA, they're going to be good. LA, That's yeah. going to be your team yep. from the you know west between them or Dallas, I think, are the two strongest. Edmonton obviously will always be up there. They finally have better goaltending, but ultimately, either way, doesn't factor into Minnesota not making the playoffs. They will make the playoffs. And normally, I'm I'm quick to say no, but this year, yeah, you're negative. I'm negative, but I'm I'm all in. There's I'm in on goaltending. I'm in on all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right, so it's two to one right now. Declan, AJ, no playoffs. Jesse says they'll make it. So am I going to tie this thing up or am I going to pile on? And you guys know I love to pile on. You guys know that if they're like, if I smell something wrong, I'm going to say it and say, no, no way. But I think you guys are jaded by the Wilds playoff woes, which, by the way, might continue. I think they are a decent to good regular season team. I think they make it. Now, do they win around? I'm going to say no, they don't. Because until I see the head coach, until I see a lot of things change, including how the head coach approaches it, I think they are a terrible playoff team. I don't think they're well coached in the playoffs. I don't think they're necessarily built for the playoffs. Um, I think that that they rely on guys who might wear a C to be good in the playoffs, and it ain't happening. Um, but I think they're. I think they are going to make it. And I won't be surprised if they finish top top three. And on the Shifley thing, let me say this. The Winnipeg Jets are morons. Shifley's a great player, but the head coach, who, by the way, didn't get fired and didn't quit, melted down on that group. Like, just took a crap on them to the media. And I'm not going to fault the goaltender because I think he's just good. And I don't know how much of a difference a goaltender makes as far as the chemistry goes in this case. But, like, Shifley's their leader. And Shifley, that team checked out. So, like, do we really think that they're gonna that they're now going to with the same group be fine? I think they're gonna have problems again. So I think the Wilds a playoff team. I will not be shocked if they are the third team in the central. Because I'm with Jesse. I don't think the central is great yet. It's improving and Chicago will get good, but it's gonna be hard for them. Uh and I, I guess I could see Chicago doing what the Jets did last year. Just a great start, like a hot start. 
and like they're in first place and you're like, oh my God, here come the Blackhawks, the mighty Blackhawks. And then all of a sudden they just crash and burn. So I think it's a playoff team, um, but I don't think they get past the first round because I don't see enough. I, I mean, they basically went in with two very different playoff teams last two years and had the same results exactly. So yeah. I like what I like what they can do in the regular season. Um, but boy, I don't know that they have the horses still in the playoffs. And it's weird, you guys, because we've seen Kirill, you know, two years ago against the Blues. He was phenomenal. What, seven goals, Jesse? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and then he came back from the injury last year against Dallas and was a non-factor. But in both cases, it really didn't matter. So so it's a very weird team, but I do think it's a regular season team, not a playoff team. Uh, which leads me, which leads me uh, to this, Jesse. Your thoughts on on Kirill getting the alternate captain's A? Because age, I don't know if you heard, heard me. I was begging for this though, because I thought Eck would, and he did deserve it. I thought he would get it. I was begging though. When you've got a talent like Kaprizov, empower him as much as possible. So, final thing, Jesse, your thoughts on Kirill officially becoming an alternate captain with Marcus Foligno? Hashtag keep Kirill happy. Uh, no, I mean, he deserves I it. I, I was on team Jules Eric's neck. I thought that seemed like the safe bet. It seemed, you know, like the easy one. That's who's going to get it. He certainly has earned that consideration too. But how do you not give it to your superstar who is leading by example constantly? His English is better. It's funny. He joked yesterday with us saying, well, good. Now maybe the refs will talk to me before they wouldn't talk to me. And now maybe they will. So I think he's excited too. Uh, again, you look at the three captains and you're like, okay, who is the true leader? If it were up to me, Marcus would wear the C, Jules Eric's neck, the A, and Caprice off the other A. I just think that works a little bit better. But all in all, good for him. It's another sign of faith. I mean, players will tell you up and down that they don't care, but of course they do. It's a respect thing. It shows that you're truly this guy and uh, he's ready to take that next step. Not to mention, again, keep Kirill happy. You give him a letter that's got to make him feel a little warm and fuzzy uh, inside. So all for it. Good on them. Good on Kirill. Absolutely. Age, fi- final thoughts before we drop the puck tomorrow night? Yeah, um, then that matters to an extent just because just like Jesse said, you, you got to keep him happy. But then also the only suitable guy to maybe take that away from him would have been Eric Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a, he's a true two way guy. Uh, he's been lauded from inside the locker room as like when he, he, when they show up for that first day of training camp, he brings it and he's in better shape than anybody else. Um, and he, he doesn't really get into it too much in terms of like dumb plays um, on the ice. He's very expressionless. And I, that's one of the reasons why, the opposition seems to always get in his face and get rattled by us. Cause he just does. It's just that, that blank stare of Drew Eric's neck. Um, but you, you, when you have a talent, you have to put it on display and slapping an A on his chest, I think is the right move. Did I, yeah. They, they, the they nice had, to, to, they, sorry, they, they had to do, they had to do this. Yeah. I think they had to do this and they're going to face a bigger problem in a couple summers when his contract comes up and how they ever want to resign him. Um, and I think by also helping out that cause is giving him a leadership role and giving him a role he probably wants to. So I think they kind of were forced to do this, but I also don't think that's a negative. I think this was bound to happen regardless. The thing I like about it too, is it challenges him more. Like, like now he is going to have to probably speak more, which is not a bad thing. Like, like this is, this, this is an ideal thing to, because he doesn't need to be challenged. Like he doesn't work hard. Like this has nothing to do with how he plays or works, but like, it just gives him a responsibility that I think is really smart um, because he, if he embraces that, it only makes him a more important player and he 
already obviously is the team's best player. Jesse Pierce, great stuff. Age, great stuff. Uh, Declan, you tell the people what they need to know. And then the next time we talk to you, we'll be after a regular season wild game. That's right. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Plenty of things going on. Twins playoff games. Vikings are being the Vikings. Got flagrant howls and Timberwolves starting back up here. So we're at full strength. We're ready to go here on Score North. So hit that subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment and pass shoot score.